Have you ever thought that being an entrepreneur would be easier than this? For years, I've tried to break free from Rogue Warrior consultant life, only to return time and again in order to survive. What I soon realized is my own isolation and self-doubt was getting in my way, and that my biggest successes, my happiest moments, came through connections with people who cared about me. It's now my mission to make it easier for entrepreneurs like us to connect with incredible human beings who rise up higher together. We are not self-made, we are community-made. But the real question is, how will we do it? This podcast will give you the answers. Join me on this journey as I interview top experts and entrepreneurs who are figuring it out. I'm your host, Jerry Kirk, and you are listening to the Community Forged Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Community Forge podcast. Today you're with me, the host Jerry Kirk, and I have another amazing guest on the show. I'm really excited because the, the person on the show today, he's a master at helping people build authority quickly through virtual summits and other collaboration methods. And we have one thing to share in the background. Um, he's also a former top-ranked strategy consultant from the world's largest consulting firm, Deloitte. He's a good friend of mine, and my guest today is Mark. Mark Stern. Mark, welcome to the show. Jerry, it's great to be here. It's great reconnecting with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm just so excited to see what we're going to explore today with you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> every time I talk to you, I mean, your brain is just like this, this amazing um, machine that just, just cranks out stuff that no one else is doing. <laughs> so Thank I've got you. a ton of questions I want to ask you. Um, but, you know, bef- before we really dive in, um, I know there's going to be some people who'd like to know a little bit more about your story and kind of where you've come from. So um, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, your road to becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, and I was the guy who was so used to, you know, learning about there's this pathway, pathway to happiness and you graduate high school, go to college, graduate college, you get the dream job, eventually you go back to grad school. And then, you know, after that dream job, life is held happily ever after. And I usually joke to say, I feel like I was the poster child of that path because I was president of my high school, president of my college. I had the dream job uh, right after undergrad. I had this dream of working in the beverage industry. So I went and worked in the beverage industry for a few years and then went back to business school and same thing. Um, Student body president of that as well. So it was like this journey that I was like, I'm crushing this game of like corporate and whatnot. And I had this awesome, you know, post MBA job. But you, you quickly find out that like, you know, what the path is. Um, when I graduated business school in 2012, um, I walked out with $165,000 in student loans. And you kind of feel in this inner desire to, you know, want to be an entrepreneur. But the problem with that is when you feel the weight of all those student loans, and then I had just signed a two-year commitment with Deloitte at that time. And when you sign a commitment with a firm, it's usually a minimum of two-year commitment. Um, and... Best of all, when you work for like a, this is pretty typical for if you work for big tech, investment banking, if you work for a big consulting firm, um, anything you produce in and outside of the firm is owned by the firm. So that desire of having that side hustle, like there's, I can't have a side hustle, you know, all the way down to, if I was invited to be on a board of directors or buy a stock, everything had to be approved by the firm and it's quite a strenuous process. So the weight of $165,000 worth of loans, plus the desire to be an entrepreneur that I couldn't even scratch, you know, was a burden that I faced for a while. And 
Um, you know, I had read, um, I don't know, Jerry, if you've read uh, any of Tim Ferriss's work. Uh, Four Hour Work Week was the one that kind of opened my eyes. Yeah, I know. Totally. Yeah, I delve into a lot of his stuff. His podcast is pretty awesome, too. Yeah, huge fan of Tim Ferriss. But when I read that book in 2010, like, I loved it. It took me mentally, like, in your headspace, you go off into this, like, world that this is really cool, but I don't know anyone who does this, so this doesn't exist. These are, like, mythical creatures <laughs> that Tim is introducing. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, like it was 2013. I went to a conference that was packed with the mythical creatures and, you know, the bubble of the world around me that I was so used to that I thought that like, this is life and this is happiness. That bubble shattered when I started, like I was the minority that wasn't this digital nomad or this entrepreneur pursuing life on their own terms. And I think after that happened, it was, it was a, like when the bubble bursts, you realize that nothing will ever be the same again. And that was the moment that I had that, you know, flash forward, it took me a couple of years, but made the leap in 2018. Um, when I put in my notice, I literally had no backup plan because I just didn't have the headspace to build a side hustle with the fear that if I did it in the terms of being with the firm, I could lose ownership of it based on my contract. So left a job with no backup plan. And when I made the leap, it was one of the best things that I could have ever done simply because it freed up that mental capacity to actually figure out what is it that I want to do. And like the first action of what I did was I love going to conferences. I love uh, engaging with other people. And I did a virtual summit that took about three months to put together. And that kind of changed everything for me. It jumpstarted my entire career as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I just want to step back for a second there. So just, what I'm hearing is, I mean, given the, the, the situation you were in, so, I mean, you started off kind of checking off all the boxes, like just rocking the, you know, the typical path. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, and then kind of like this, this, this Jesus moment, if you will, where you're like, holy crap, there's a, there's this whole other universe of, of mythical creatures. And, um, as you started to see that, well, actually there are a lot of people actually doing this. You felt this burning desire that, you know, there's a better way, but, because of where you were with your consulting, um, you really just literally had to burn, like you burn your, burn your ships. Like there was no, no way you could kind of dip your toes in. It was like all or nothing. Dude, when I tell you that, like when I was exposed to like people that were these, like I had never, I was so deep in corporate and all my friends were like me from business school. But the moment you experienced that, like it brought, it brought me to tears at one point. I was so overwhelmed that like, I, I, it just opened up this reality that I just did not even know existed, but, um, you know, so grateful for it because it led me on the path that I am today and everything happens for a reason. You know, the journey that I was on was meant to happen the way it was supposed to happen. But I mean, I'm telling you that when it hit, it hit hard. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. I mean, yeah, it's just like a whole, because we're on this whole path, right? You've got this job, you've got the the debt to deal with, and and all of those things that are just pulling against you, going in that other direction. But uh, yeah, what what ultimately gave you that courage to say like enough's enough? Like I, I got to do this, or I'm going to die. Yeah, and it, like so for those who are listening, like the the lifestyle of a consultant. You know, people talk about escaping a nine to five. I didn't even know what a nine to five was. Because when you work in corporate consulting, like literally every Monday at 4.45 a.m., you have a cab pick you up to take you to the airport because you are literally living out of airplanes and out of hotels every single week for the last, you know, six years. And, you know, I think what was happening was something was keeping me there for as long as I was there for. But, um, you know, it's like I, when the time hit, it, the transition started at the end of 2017. 
And for me, I just had this, you know, realization at some point that being in the air that much, being on the run that much, not getting a lot of sleep, working, you know, nonstop, it just wasn't a healthy lifestyle that if I did not, you know, reconnect to myself, because that's what was happening was I was so focused on my work that I put Mark Stern and my personal life aside. You know, it was one of those moments that like, if I don't, I feel like, you know, it will kill me. Yeah. And I think that that's what um, made me ultimately say at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, if I, like I was on the verge of junior partner, I knew that once I saw my title change, we're talking like weeks away. um, I would never leave. Wow. And that would be the rest of my life right there. So it was just like now or never. And I didn't want to get the title just to have the title and, and say, peace out just because, you know, I have so many mentors and I don't want them to fight for me to get the promotion. If I know that, you know, I'm planning to leave anyway. So that's like, it was just a moment that I have to do and I have to do it now and just trust that, you know, you'll figure it out. Wow. And I did. Yeah. So, and so will everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely a gutsy call, but, but so, so important to follow, yeah. you know, your, your gut, your intuition and your heart and um, look, look what's happened ever since. So I'm curious. So then you started going on that. So you sort of clear out this space and, you know, you say goodbye to the, the corporate world. And I'm, I'm sure it took a little time to detox from that. Um, Dude, I'm still detoxing. I wish, <laughs> I wish I could say I have like tried to detox it all out of me, but it's so much a part of who I am. And it's so like, when you see my stuff, you can see corporate influence on it all over it. It's so, so polished, but like, thank goodness. Like I have like, you know, it's, it's playing a new game. It's, it's literally playing a new game when you leave corporate income to entrepreneurship. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's regard it's, it's, it's pluses and minuses. Sure. I mean, I mean, I've, I've been consulted for, for a while myself, so I totally know what you're talking about. And um, yeah, I mean, I will say, you know, the stuff you do create it, for, for someone who's looking at it, it's like, wow, that was a crap ton of work, but you know what? It's, it's, it's beautiful. Like the stuff that you do oh, is, is, is just, it just sets, it's just sets the bar and makes everything else look so pale in comparison. So just no, takes a little longer to get up there. <laughs> so, so you went, so you started going down this path and you said you discovered, um, virtual summit. So tell us a bit about, about that journey and, um, how it sort of led into now where you're, you're focusing on, um, helping people establish authority. Yeah. 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 Um, so virtual summits, um, I had a friend that, um, she introduced me to the concept of virtual summit that was in a different coaching program that I was a part of. And when she introduced it, my, my eyes kind of lit up because I'm a bit of a conference junkie and the idea of like creating your own virtual conference, it was a no brainer. It was a platform in which it would force me to engage with other people to create content. It would force me to put myself out there. That was something I struggled with was just like getting myself out there and feeling comfortable with my voice online. So it checked a lot of the boxes from like a legion tool to a product creation tool and whatnot. Um, I interviewed 41 people and what ended up through that experience is um, I thought that the virtual summit model was incredibly powerful. But when you see the trends that are happening now in the digital game, um, you know, things are evolving the way that virtual summits worked historically don't work in the same capacity. So, so much of what I teach people in this space, just because I think it's such a no brainer approach. I mean, you launch a new revenue stream, you collaborate with influencers, you generate leads, you generate money. Um, What I teach people to do is you don't need to interview 25, 30 plus people for a virtual summit. You can launch a flagship product with having really intelligent interviews with eight to 12 people. And it's just how you assemble it to create an online experience 
that could be the linchpin to launch you. And, and, you know, that's kind of like looking at a lot of the pitfalls of the model, which is, uh, it's an overwhelming amount of work for the host. It's saturation for the speakers. If they don't feel, if they feel like they're one of like 40 or 50 or even 30, um, and it's content overwhelm for participants. So I look at a model around saying, how do you win with your participants so they can consume the content? How do you win with your host and your speaker? So they feel important throughout this. And then how do you win as a host? by not overwhelming yourself with a workload and be able to have something that you can repurpose and structure the way you want to, to create a higher quality product. So that's how I look at the model personally. And that that makes so much sense, particularly now in the the age where, I mean, everything is a, is a tweet or a post or, you know, totally um, like our, our attention spans are so much less, right. You can only consume so much and, you know, giving people like quality value, but, but at a reasonable, you know, reasonable, meal on your plate versus like a, an all you can eat buffet. Um, you know, that makes, makes total sense for everyone. Everyone totally. really ends up feeling a lot healthier and, uh, not, uh, not bloated. <laughs> yeah. So what, one thing I'm curious about is, um, what does, what does it mean to be an authority figure to you? How would you define yeah, it's that? Great. It's a, it's a great question. Um, so I think that for me personally, you know, so many people who are entrepreneurs, you have a vision on the impact you want to have on the world. Um, you want to serve a certain group to me in order to do that, you need to have some degree of authority because as you increase your authority, it will increase your, your footprint and your opportunity to serve or create the impact that you're looking to create. So authority to me, you know, this is, it's such an interesting conversation because it's also tied to, um, like the value you derive in the marketplace. But, um, I spent a lot of time with people asking like, how are people becoming authority figures in the online space, what is it that they're doing? Because there's this thing that I was seeing that was people who um, have a high attractive character, but a mediocre product will always be more successful than the person who has an incredible product, but an invisible attractive character. And so part of it is how do you think about uh, an actionable formula that for those people who have the incredible product and they could have a great attractive character, how do you get them at the level of those who have a mediocre product, but a killer attractive character? So when they go head to head, you know, they will be able to have a greater impact in the marketplace. So, you know, the whole idea of building out a, the authority formula, um, you know, this was, it started as a bunch of conversations with a lot of peers of mine. And then for me, the more I see the formula, um, the more that I start to not only weigh myself against how can I increase my authority, um, but how can I also understand what my competitors are doing or how can I also provide an actionable framework for those who are really struggling to become more of an authority in whatever their niche is. So, um, yeah, and we can jump right into it. It's, it's a, it's a three pillar framework. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. I'm really curious. I mean, what's... Once you sort of recognize, you know the the, oppor- the opportunity to become an authority figure, and, and what I'm hearing from you is, and that's that, that was really struck on me is, you know, because I, I think about my, myself as well. I I'm not someone who naturally tries to go out there and you know kind of create that attractiveness. I'm much more interested in kind of being that architect behind the scenes and you know creating great products and services, right? Um, mm-hmm. So so what you're talking about, you know, definitely hits home with me as well on the importance of having that attractive character. And why do you think, um, why do you think the attractive character beats out an amazing product by like such a wide margin? You know, I think part of it. So, I mean, this is getting to me, this is like such an interesting conversation because 
the, when I think of authority, there's another component that is not mixed in with authority. It's very much um, adjacent to authority, which is status. And so I think that when people see certain attractive characters, they are attracted to that individual. They want to be associated with that individual. A lot of times people are buying access to the individual more so than the product or service. So if you can be the person that they're buying access to you and you deliver the quality product or service, to me, that's just a recipe to stand out. And in the game of building authority, it's not about like becoming the influencer that has a million followers. Not everyone wants to have that type of influence. People just, you know, want to be able to build a community that they could serve at a greater level. So that's, I think, like the power of thinking, like, what are the things I could be doing to create, create the size footprint that I want to create? Fascinating. Yeah. So really that the relationship factor is so yeah. huge there. Yeah. Makes sense. So, all right. Yeah, so then totally how, do, totally. how do we get about there? Let's talk a whole nother game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So let's, let's get into the, the pillars you were talking about. So, you know, we've established the, the value and the opportunity of becoming authority figure, creating that relationship with people, that attractive character. Um, how, how does someone like me or someone in, in the audience, um, become that amazing authority figure. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the three pillars to me, um, are, uh, expertise, visibility, and confidence. And of each of these, you know, when I think about being actionable on how you, how can you increase your expertise or how can you increase your visibility or how can you increase your confidence? We started with expertise. To me, expertise is one of two things. It's demonstrating expertise so that could be starting a Facebook group that you lead, starting a coaching program, um, teaching somewhere out there, whether it's online or whether you start a meetup to just be able to share your knowledge with the world, or it's developing expertise. When you develop your expertise, it's also increasing your authority. Um, so that's where I'd say hire a mentor, go to a conference. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. Join a Facebook group that has uh, topics, buy a course online. That's how you can develop expertise. But as you build your expertise you're also increasing your authority. Um, the other thing to note with expertise, and this is what's interesting about this formula, is like as we go through these three pillars, you're going to quickly see how expertise, visibility, and confidence, you know, when you know this formula for authority, it could be used for good or good, used for evil. Um, so I would just say like my goal for people is be ethical with what you do and what you put out there in the marketplace. Um, be good. But um, the other thing about expertise is when you're demonstrating it, you know, it, there's two other categories that could appear, which are actual expertise or perceived expertise. There's a lot of people that I follow and I'm like, why did I follow them? And why did I buy their courses? Because they're not giving me the outcome that they promise. And a lot of it is because when it comes to expertise on the dark side of expertise is that perceived expertise. It's not necessarily a bad thing um, all the time, but it's something to recognize with all of these elements. So First one is expertise. Um, second one is visibility. When we talk about visibility, if people can't find you, then you can't exert your authority at a higher degree. So this is about thinking about what platforms are you on? Um, so how do you increase it? You know, select a platform, keep it simple. When we're talking about social media, choose the platform that you're most comfortable on. Don't feel like you have to start out by getting allowed on four or five different platforms, but focus on one platform. And I think the two buzzwords associated with visibility are consistency and connection. So when we're talking about consistency, you want to be able to have a steady rhythm of, you know, especially if you look at Facebook and the Facebook algorithm, um, if you are more consistent with your post, they're going to show your content to more people. 
Um, if you um, dip off and stop posting for a couple of weeks and then come back again, you're going to have to like re-trigger the algorithm again. So consistency is really important. Um, so whether that's a post a day or, you know, however you want to do it. I know someone that, you know, she, one of my good friends, Holly Homer, she has a following of over 3.5 million. She drops 50 to 75 pieces of content on Facebook and over 125 pieces on Pinterest per day. But that's because like she wow. really gets the formula for those who are just getting started out. Do not model that by any, like, she has an entire team behind her. But yeah. like when I interviewed her, um, one of the things that was really powerful was she was just talking about like, we have to keep that up because the second that we don't, it's going to have a huge plummet on our business and who season is able to interact with our business. And the other piece of visibility is connection. So when we talk about connection, this is, starts to get into the idea of quality content as well. But connection is, um, if you may have a post, you want to get people to have a response. And if I, ha- like if I reach out and post and Jerry, you respond and we have a back and forth dialogue, Facebook or social media platforms are going to look at that as a connection, that we have a relationship. If it's just me posting and no one is engaging, then they're going to start looking at that as spam. So it's a one-sided conversation. Um, So it's important to think about when you have the dialogue out there, how can you make connection with people? Because as you start to make connection with people, people are associated with you. You start to get higher visibility on their radars as well. Um, And when, you know, same thing, when I interviewed Holly a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this idea of connection and she was saying, you know, um, the most powerful form of connection on Facebook is direct messages. So you could easily have a call to action where someone says, you say, reach out to me on Messenger. Messenger is still a part of Facebook. If Facebook sees the connection that you've had via Messenger, whether it's something very small, they're going to elevate um, your content and the visibility of your content to those individuals. So you're going to be more in their newsfeed. That's really fascinating. Um, and I see how this is all so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it all. It, I mean, it just really ties together, right? Again, seeing things from a, a systems perspective, like everything you do, we're operating with more more intention, and and I can see how too. I mean, all this this connection in, in addition to pumping up the, you know, your your visibility on, on Facebook and keeping uh, Mark Zuckerberg happy, you know, yep. you're you're also that's establishing your your attractive character too, right? Like your your relationship with people when you're having those conversations and their interactions, they're they're seeing you as a, as a real person that they can. Mm. Uh, that they can uh, have a conversation with. Yeah. And I think you said on like vulnerability, which I think is a huge part of connection as well. Like just being human, you know, you don't want to be a robot. Um, when Jerry and I filmed something a little bit earlier, my dog went crazy. <laughs> That's just <laughs> the world that I live in. Um, but yeah, no, I, visibility is just one of those things that is, I mean, it's so powerful, but if you're really just trying to get out there, like having the visibility, you need the visibility in order to exert your authority. Um, the last piece is confidence and confidence is one of those things that, you know, I break it down into three components. How do you build more confidence? One is around clarity, which is who do you have clarity on who you serve and what you're trying to achieve? Um, a lot of people in the digital marketing game um, or online entrepreneurship game, they're throwing a lot of things at the wall. They focus on tactics and implementation, but they haven't thought through who is the person that I want to serve and what is it I'm looking to achieve with my business or what are my core business objectives right now? So having that clarity, like if you know what you're trying to do, it increases your confidence. Um, people and people will see that when, when you get louder in the marketplace. Um, the other piece is, um, uh, standards. When we talk about standards, standards are like, what are the standards you set for yourself? You know, I have a friend that says I only work from 1030 to 430. Otherwise it's family time. Like that is a standard that she proclaims to the world. Some people say I work out every day from 7am to 9am 
and I will not take calls. Um, it could be, I refuse to work with any businesses that are unethical, but like when you exert and really own those standards that you're living by, it is a mark of confidence. It increases your confidence. Um, so, you know, and a lot of people like they just run, they haven't thought through like, what are my values and what are my non-negotiables? And let me take ownership of those things. Cause that's an easy way to exert confidence. Um, and the last piece of that equation is, um, proof. So when you have social proof, when you have, um, a program or a service that drives results and gets the outcome that you have promised to your clients, um, that builds confidence because you know that the systems that you're putting out there work. So, it, you know, if for those who are getting started out, this is why like betas are so powerful. Anytime I do a beta, I will like do whatever it takes. I don't care if it's more of my personal time. I want people to get those results because if I see what works and I see what doesn't work, I can make a better product. And when I talk about my product in the marketplace, I can speak a lot more confidently about um, the results that it will deliver based on the social proof that I have. So, you know, when we think of confidence, it's one of those things that could be lofty and fluffy, but that's why I like, how do you make it actionable to me? Really? It, it comes down to clarity, setting standards and really having that proof. So really that's, that's like the, the, the 10,000 foot view we could go on for, for a while, but it like, for me, when I look at what an influencer is doing and ask the question, why do I keep following it? And then I weigh what they're doing against um, expertise, visibility, and confidence and understanding it. Like people that I should have never followed that when I got closer to them, realizing their intent wasn't the same, it's so hard to see because this exact same formula works for both. Like I said, you know, good and people who have good intent as well as evil. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I've been, I've been taking a ton of notes here, Mark, and I'm, I'm sure everyone else out there is, is just been blown away by everything you've been sharing around expertise, visibility, and, and confidence and trying to establish your, your authority figure. So one thing I'm curious about on top of all that, so I mean, knowledge is one thing, but yet I'm sure you've seen a lot of people struggle to establish this, even with, you know, the, the guidance that you're providing and, and, the, and the, the systems and the, and the process. What do you find are the biggest challenges for people in establishing the authority that, that you're trying to help them establish? I think the biggest challenge that most entrepreneurs face is mindset. Um, it's, you know, as Russell Brunson would say, it's like, what's between the ears? Um, you are your worst critic. Um, so you will always second guess. And I'll just tell you that, like, I, I do it myself. I just, when we did the custom box challenge and I was filming all the videos, I literally watched one of my videos and said, I sound like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> like that was, a, and I, and I started reaching out to my friends and sharing the video. And I was just like, guys, I sound like Eeyore for Winnie the Pooh. And they all listened to it and were like, no, that's just you. And I was just like, what do you mean? That's me? Um, but they were just like, no, it is like Eeyore. It just sounds like how you sound when we have a conversation. And that, that was just one of those things that like listening to it, I'm like, I'm going to have to redo all this. I can't put this out in the public. Everyone's going to think I'm Eeyore for Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's why I'd say like, like part of it is you got to get over yourself in terms of like sharing your expertise. And, and when I say that like even at times when we talk about expertise and getting that out there that's where you're stuck you know chances are you don't realize how valuable it is that you know like there's things that I do that I did not attribute any value to that people reach out to me and said how do you do that and I'm like what you want to know how I like built this PowerPoint deck like why is that exciting to you and like it's value to them because they get excited and the same thing with visibility like oh my gosh, like I have to go live or I'm going to have to put myself out there. It's just, it's all mental. And the same thing with confidence. It's, you know, you've got to own the message of what you're putting out there. And the only thing that's going to hold you back is you. So that's where I think is the biggest trap is that 
you get in your own way. <laughs> I'm very good at it myself too. So <laughs> yeah, it's, but I recognize it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, my experience too, for myself and, and just, you know, many other entrepreneurs that I've, I've engaged with is, is the biggest challenges what's behind between the, the two years. So, yeah, totally. So you're, what I'm hearing from you in, in that is to get beyond that. It's, it's just, it's taking those steps. It's, it's getting yourself out there. It's, it's putting in the work and over time, yeah. that'll, you'll start to overcome that. Is that, is that kind of what you're, what you're getting at? Totally. And I think that part of it is, you know, a lot of people talk about the importance of your why, but like we also tend that when we play, we play small when we all could be playing so much bigger to have that bigger impact. Um, but I mean, I mean, you're totally why, right though. If you have that, like why you're doing what you're doing, you know, this is when I, when I talk to and coach people through virtual events and how to do one, when they talk to me about the topic they want to do, they always choose a topic that is like their former life. Like I have experience in this zone. I'm comfortable in this zone. And if I like scratch the surface a little bit, find out that like they're doing it because they think it's easy and it's comfortable. And when I talk to them about like what they're passionate about, it's almost like no one had ever asked them, you know, what are they passionate about or what are they interested in learning more about? Because when I try and like build authority in a new space that I have no business or no previous history in, you know, that's why I love about the virtual event model is that when I did high ticket online, I was not a high ticket expert, but I walked out of that experience with 12 different detailed depictions of how to run high ticket programs. And the next project that we're working on is all about gamification. I'm not an expert in gamification, but I'm absolutely interested in understanding how to better gamify course content for course creators. And that one little topic, like, am I qualified to build a business on it? Absolutely. You know, I'll just treat it and, and I'm going to be more interested in it because it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. So, you know, it drives me nuts when I see people play in businesses or areas that are comfort because that's what the, that's all they know rather than areas that would get them excited. Cause when you get excited about something, when I get excited about something, I will like research it to the ends of the earth and like start to share it with everyone. And so, you know, that's, I don't know. That's the cool thing about this game is you really can be whatever you want to be. And it doesn't have to be a waiting game until someone gives you permission. And, and you like, you just nailed it on the, on the head there, Mark. What I, what I, what I heard there is like these people were not giving themselves permission but you stepped in there and you actually asked the question that kind of is almost like, you know, you open the door for them when they couldn't open the door for themselves. And to me, that just speaks to, again, you know, the, the importance and the power of as an entrepreneur to have like people around you, right? Whether it's, you know, you're in a program and, and or you have a coach or a mentor or being in a community, um, you just you can't go down this road alone. Um, it's just going to lead to nowhere fast. Or as you said, you know, down a path that really doesn't, doesn't excite you. Right. Doesn't, doesn't get your, get you motivated and get up in the morning, you know? So, um, yeah, really, really sound advice there. All right. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today and, um, I know for our listeners, I mean, they've got a ton of value in just in your journey and, and how to establish themselves as an, as an authority. So Mark, where, um, where can they find out more information about you online so they could you know, find out more about becoming an authority figure themselves or just, you know, follow your journey. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so anyone can reach out to me directly on, on Facebook, you know, just look at Mark Stern. Um, we have a pretty active Facebook community, which is called live online live is L Y V E. Uh, and that's an acronym for launch your virtual event, but live online, there's a lot of activity that's happening there. It soon may be rebranded by the time you guys listen to this to ultimate authority. 
Um, but we bring in a lot of speakers. There's just a lot of free, valuable content in there as well. So I invite you to join in and engage with the group. Yeah. And uh, I'll second that. I'm in, I'm in um, our Facebook group and uh, yeah, it's a ton of amazing stuff in there. So we'll have some links to that in the show notes as well. So again, Mark, thank you so much for taking your yeah, time today and away from your, your wonderful dog and um, <laughs> look forward to uh, continuing to watch your journey online. Absolutely. Jerry, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so, be sure to click on the subscribe button in your app so you never miss a future episode. And when you leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, you help more people discover and then transform their lives through the powerful life-changing stories on this podcast. I invite you also to share something that you heard in this episode that you would love to turn into a conversation share it with people and have that conversation because when ideas become conversations that build connections, that's when momentum happens. I'll see you in the next episode.